Hello and welcome to Marketing Connected. I am your host, Janice Tan. Each week, we will speak with industry leaders on pertinent topics in the marketing and advertising scene across Southeast Asia remotely. For this session, Marketing's regional editor, Rizwana Manjor, speaks to American entrepreneur and hip-hop mogul, Russell Simmons, on his involvement as president and strategic investor with talent agency group, Gush Cloud International. They will also discuss how the hunt for talent has changed, authentic storytelling, as well as advice for budding entrepreneurs. In 2019, Russell invested in Gush Cloud and came on board as president of the group. He is responsible for navigating the Asia-based agency towards becoming a global company. He's also part of the advisory team that chooses the next investments and companies Gush Cloud acquires. Russell is best known for co-founding Def Jam Recordings, igniting the hip-hop revolution by promoting stars such as the Beastie Boys, Public Enemy, Run DMC and LL Cool J. Over the past few years, he has written books and launched a range of business ventures including pop culture website Global Grind, UniRush Financial Services and Simmons Jewelry. Hi Russell, thanks so much for joining us uh, on our podcast series. I wanted to ask you, how did this journey begin with Gush Cloud? How did you meet the team and what caught your eye? I met Althea and I was building a broadcast network for yoga. Okay. And consciousness. And then she represented seven or six or seven of the top 10 yogis. Mm -hmm. So we were working on that. And I came and I saw the operations and I met some of the executives here. And I was fascinated with the company. So I immediately uh, made an investment, and which it, it ends up showing up in this round. It's been almost a year that I've been working with them very closely because I see in them the potential to change a lot of things in the world. Okay. I see that um, what they have is a setup for a bridge building process that needs to be had. Uh, white men in suits, God bless them, they cannot represent Western interests in Asia. Uh, they don't speak the language, nor do they understand the culture the way these 300 young executives understand and appreciate Western culture. They understand it from an Eastern perspective. Yeah. And I see in my travels so many Eastern stars who are desirous to join us in the West. Talented people who, were they given access, would be stars back in America and around all the Western world. And I think that we're not representing them or giving them the opportunity mm. that they deserve in America. But my access to some in America will make a difference for them. I was in Singapore almost a year ago and I saw Jay Lynn performing. Okay. And I was so inspired by him that I filmed him and sent the video footage to Usher. Okay. And I asked Jay Lynn, would you like to record with Usher? He said, yeah, I'd love that. I said, why didn't you do it? He said, yeah. I don't know. I couldn't get to him. <laughs> of course, we can get to anybody. There's yeah. no one we can't get to. Yeah. So it seems for Usher, would you like to be more in China and the rest of the mm -hmm. Eastern world mm -hmm. and East Asian world? He said, of course. Mm. So we have an offer in for Usher to come and join us in China and do some performance and stuff. And I see the potential. For the producers, I met producers in China that were so talented, mm -hmm. music producers, mm -hmm. who would love to produce American artists. And I met American producers who 
of course, will produce anyone who's really talented, mm -hmm. and they should produce some Asian artists. Is there an acceptance in the U.S. Uh, in the Western markets now for Asian talent? You feel? I mean, I know Korean pop is blowing up everywhere, but beyond that, is there an understanding of, say, for example, the Malay culture or the Indonesian culture? Because Asia itself is so diverse. Asia has accepted hip hop as a bridge builder, as a core in their culture. And the little slight difference between an Asian rapper and the American rapper should make it more interesting. So when I look at some of the artists in Asia and I think about what they would be like in a duet with some of the rap artists in America, you know, some of the rap artists in America, they nickname them mumble rappers because they're mumbling. mumbling. We don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Right? <laughs> interesting. I, that song Made in China, whoever represented that song could have done maybe a better job mm. of making it bigger in America. Of course, it made it, but it could make it much more. And there are more records like that and artists like that to come. And I just think they need people to open doors for them. And our access will help them with that. What was the clincher that Gush Cloud had? <clears throat> because there are other influencer networks. But what is it that was unique to Gush Cloud that stood out to you? Well, I fell in love with Althea. <laughs> As a friend. Yes. And Vincent. She's quite charming. Yes, she's charming, <laughs> but she's also brilliant. She and Vincent are two of the smartest young executives. You know, in America, people that run the companies are all old. I'm not an ageist <laughs> person because I'm old. I'm 61 years old, and I come to this office, and I come to the office in Thailand, and I come to the office in Korea, and all over our company, and I see these young, inspired people, mm -hmm. and they're so talented. And they're like bright-eyed and excited. And that is, to me, a dream. You go to, go to, I don't want to knock the American companies, but you go and you see these old people. And they don't know nothing. They don't even understand the culture as it exists in America, mm -hmm. much less how it could exist in Asia. And I'm not knocking them. I'm just suggesting that there's something very special about these young, excited, and hardworking. You know they work more hours yeah. They work on Saturday. I think Saturday. they work around the clock. They work till <laughs> 9 o'clock at night. Americans can't wait to get off work at 5. They get in early and they work later. They love the culture and the work that they do. This is the most inspiring last year and a half, really, but a year that I've worked with this company. Mm -hmm. It's been so inspiring. What's the biggest learning point for you working with these <laughs> I got to get up earlier and stay out later. <laughs> <laughs> So you've been in the talent industry for decades now. And over the years, there has been a shift in how talent is sought after. In the past, it used to be how well you act, how well you rap, how well you sing. But now um, the conversation is almost like, what is the follower count this person has? How? No, soon? no, no. That may be a part of the equation. Okay. The reason you have the followers, if you're an artist, is because you can rap. But... If you find a brilliant person with a brilliant idea, you put your money in that. The, the, the analytics are great. The algorithms are useful. But the talent is still the baseline by which we, we operate. So, yes, we do represent tens of thousands of influences. And, yes, we do take people on because they have big influence. Mm -hmm. But we want to build people who should have great influence as well. People, sometimes there's a gut reaction. There's always going to be the beauty of talent mm -hmm. as the number one asset for any 
person who, so if you're famous mm -hmm. and you have no talent, your fame will dwindle. But if you're famous and you have talent, your fame will grow. How do you find the people who have talent but aren't famous or aren't trying their best to have a social presence? We used to say that if we had a hit record and we threw it out the window, it would explode. Same is true. Only now the chances of it exploding are so much bigger. So now you don't have to throw it out the window. You put it on, maybe your friend has a thousand followers. You don't have any. You put your hit record on his thousand followers and see if it doesn't multiply to 10 million. The hits are hits. People have emotions. And as they are connected creatively or as they are connected and they have the same mindset for what it is that feels good. Artists make you feel good. If something makes you feel really good, you share it. What are some of the things that investors from the West should understand before putting their money in Asia? The laws, for one. Fair enough. But aside from the laws, um, you know, fine, I'm not an investor. I don't invest in companies that might do well or make money. Mm -hmm. I invest in companies that I might have fun working at. Very few investments that I made that I didn't actually get it active. I wouldn't do it otherwise. I'm too old to do anything I don't love. So any tips for people? Do what you love. Okay. To everyone, people work for money. No matter how rich you are, you can only sit your ass in one seat at a time. And life's only goal is a comfortable seat. And that's it. You know, a lot of young people now, they don't want to work nine to five. They want to have their own business. What advice can you give? Because entrepreneurship is a very lonely journey as well. You know, in the yoga scripture, it says to realize the consciousness that we're all seeking, which translates to realize anything that we're seeking. It's hard work, dedication, resilience, and faith. And you can never fail at anything that you put those attributes to. Okay. You can never fail unless you quit. You must remember that just keep doing it. And no matter how rich you are, mm -hmm. remember. So no matter how poor you are, Remember, your happiness is not affected by either rich or poor. So be excited about your work. Mm -hmm. Operate from a comfortable seat and all will come. And the things that come, even then, the success will not make you happy. Your happy will make the success, but the success will not make the happy. So just operate from a happy place, do the work, forget results, and have faith. We used to be a society obsessed with stardom. <laughs> Uh, big celebrity names, big brand ambassadors. Then we moved into uh, a society that gets influenced by influencers. And now it's all about that authentic storytelling of the person that you might not know but can relate to. This leaves the old school movie celebrities or the big names that you see on screens. What is what is needed for that evolution? Well, I think that they integrate together. I don't think there's a way to separate an influencer from a movie star. The influencer might be an influencer who plays basketball. The influencer might be an influencer who does act in movies. The people that we seek to represent have influence. We don't have to separate what is an influencer. The social media is just a, a way of exploiting what it is that you do. You know, people have great followers. Snoop Dogg has followers. Mm. He's an influencer. And the influencers uh, and Snoop are one and the same because as we are brand building or as we are exposing ideas to the world, they are equal 
Hmm. Uh, depending on how much they're being accepted or being followed. But do they have a step between everyday people? Whereas, you know, you see an influencer as someone living a similar lifestyle. But when it's celebrities, you think like, oh, they've got tons of money. They've got this lifestyle. They can afford it. It doesn't really relate to me. Well, unfortunately, we do think that. And we, we, we value the stars because we see ourselves in them. Sometimes we like the stars who do badly because then we see that we're doing better than mm. the stars. And sometimes we like stars who just inspire us. It's kind of the same. Mm. I go back to the same point. I do understand that you think that some influencer who is, you watch him on social media and he lives the life like you. But then there's some star who does the same. It's the same emotion. So those who are out of touch are out of touch mm. and their influence will, will dwindle. Mm. And those who are in touch and speaking directly to the consumer, their influence will grow. Last question, what will you? What will we see you investing in? Well, again, I'm on the advisory team and on the board and a part in this company. What we buy into, uh, we'll make the decisions jointly. I have no plans. I'm, I am building a broadcast network. I'm also building, I guess, a, a hotel, a rejuvenation resort and a yoga center. But those are like passions. I think I'll invest with this team in things that will grow this business because this business has a huge potential and it's just starting. So I don't think I can be distracted. This is where I go to work every day and my investments will be along with co-investments uh, co along with this company. Thank you for listening to Marketing Connected. I am your host, Janice Tan, and we will be back next week with another session. Marketing's Content 360 Virtual Conference brings together industry leaders to discuss challenges and share insights on future content marketing trends, as well as successful strategies to help tackle the complex marketing landscape. Topics covered include the future of content strategy, content marketing ROI and measurement, as well as endemic content. Sign up now at www.marketing-interactive.com. The Marketing Connected series is produced by Marketing Interactive.